I just woke up with a headache, pilled up, and then I, I was intending to pill up and go like get my breakfast, but then I just woke up again an hour later. <laughs> I mean, it is Saturday, so Saturday is kind of the day for doing that. Yeah, it's okay. It, I just feel bad because we had the scheduled podcast. That I completely forgot in my in my pained panic. It's okay. I have let you down and wasted an hour of your day. It's it's quite all right. I I found <laughs> some thrilling things to do in the meantime. Oh, like scheduling social media posts for next week when I'm technically on holiday. Wow, look at you. Yeah. By technically on holiday, do you mean that you're just gonna do your non pink elephant work? <laughs> As in, for a week, I'm gonna go up north, and I have told the powers that be a pink elephant that I will not be looking at a laptop or an edit screen for a single moment. Wow. Of my, my week, because wow. genuinely, I have done that every single day since March 24th. and I know, there's 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 no end to it. It's, there is no end. There is absolutely no end. And then I look at the, the schedule dates of when things are due, and some of some of which are a week tomorrow, the 26th, oh. and some of which are, are Monday 27th. I'm thinking, oh. I'm, I'm just not going to make that. There's no way. <laughs> like, I've got, we've, we've, we've done a lot, and I've delivered a lot. But there's still more, and there will always be more until we get to a point where there is no more. I cannot see that end point. Yeah, yeah, without completely burning out. Well, so so this is why I'm taking the break, because... Yeah, take the break. You know, last night, for example, I was just done. I was totally done, and I looked at the, the list of things I still had to do for these particular videos, which are due, as I say, next week. I thought, you know what? That can be next week's problem for next week's Colin, because right <laughs> yeah, now, me. I just want to eat Ben and Jerry's and watch wrestling from nine years ago. All oh, right, right, right. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you had a good one. What Ben and Jerry's flavor did you go for? Uh, a cookie dough. So I, I'm also... Classic, classic. Whilst yeah, avoiding yeah. burnout, I'm also attempting to get my flat together slash tidied oh, yeah. for moving out Yee. in less than two weeks, of which the next week I'm not going to be here. So... Wow. Here's one thing. The landlords want the flat professionally cleaned. Ah. And I looked I looked at cleaning prices and I I don't know why I was expecting it to be cheap, but it ain't cheap. Yeah. And I'm not getting my deposit back. I'm pretty confident I'm not I'm not getting at least half of it back. So my thought is, well, why spend an extra 250 quid, which I'm not gonna get back anyway, when I can just do it myself? And hope that it passes it. They they want a certificate of professional exactly cleanness. Can you be my cleaner? Uh, I can't be your cleaner. Uh, no, as as in like I'll, I'll put you on my my invoice. James <laughs> James McDonald cleaning. I'm not I'm not a liar. Um, but if you if you I've I've got connections to cleaners. If you want, but cease you... operate. That's what we could do. Cease operate on the invoice. Cease operate the cleaning company. <laughs> I mean, we clean everybody's brains of like any intelligence. <laughs> That's what that is true. That is very true. We wipe them down. Here's some bad takes. Put these in. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's that's been a thing, and I've been uh, in the, just in the last couple of days. I collected some boxes from Thomas Hind, who's an old pal of mine. Hi, he's done his move. He's moved to Glasgow now. Crazy. Hi, Thomas. Congrats. He will not listen to this. Well, just like send him that as a, okay. as a memo. <laughs> okay. So I got boxes from him and uh, started chucking stuff into boxes. And I realized actually I have way more books than I thought. I genuinely thought I had hey. maybe three. I don't. I've got loads. However, some of them are Calvin and Hobbes and some of them are Gallic Tintin. So Hobbes is great. Gallic Tintin's a necessity. <laughs> 
And then the other one was DVDs, man. I've got so many DVDs, and it's kind of... You still haven't sold them all? Well, I sold some of them, but... <laughs> you haven't traded them in for, like, 12 pence? There, there is no market for selling The Debt, a 2011 Helen Mirren movie, or Alan Partridge's 90-minute oh, yeah. straight-to-DVD movie. Yeah. Which is funny, but I don't know why I have it. No, funny, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> you just bought... You, just, you have actually collected... Well, and that's that's impressive, but it's not a, it's not a collection that's worth anything anymore. Well, exactly. So I need to figure out a humane way of disposing of DVDs because you know they have feelings. <laughs> I've never actually watched half of these movies. Like I bought the debt when I was a student, and I've never watched it. I like the idea of humanely disposing of them is actually for the DVDs' sake, and not just because you don't want to be like a horrible junker. <laughs> So, well, what can I say? I just care about the plan. I care about the, the future of these DVDs. And I, as much as I have tried to give them a second life on eBay, people just don't people just don't want to see them. I mean, I don't want to see them. It's not worth. It's not worth. Yeah, that's too much effort to try and get rid of stuff that's that old. And, and then I feel bad because, you know, do I give it a ter- to a charity shop? Because they don't want either. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah but they, they have the disposal methods. Okay. Uh, already lined up maybe they're gonna look at the pile and be like oh man five of these are worth it let's put the other five in the homeless shelter and then the homeless shelter is like we don't even have a player boys (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's the conundrum i'm up against which is cleaning and also chucking things out which are completely useless and um not myself I'm not, we're not, not uh, chucking myself you out see, yet. see, I avoided making the joke, but you're not. You're not doing that because you're, you're chucking out is moving to higher grounds. It is, actually. Yeah, I am. That's not, where, that's not where the trash goes. It is not. You're going to better places. Although it is next to a former mental hospital. So, you know, you can make jokes there. I mean, you could. One, it's farmer, though. And two, <laughs> mental hospitals aren't like wizard universities. They don't like leak magic. <laughs> okay. James, how are you apart from having a headache? I'm doing okay. I've had a a very normal week. We're back to normal hours. No big productions, no nothing. Good. Which which has made me realize that my my normal weeks, I I do have a lot less paid work. (laughs) And I spend a lot more of my time just trying to think of things to do that could maybe turn into money one day. Have you considered an OnlyFans? Have I can we've I think we've had this, but have you this definite joke before? It would definitely be a joke if I did that. Is, is it bad if that's the first thing that came to mind? <laughs> I mean, I am sure I would do a great job. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold back here. I would I, I would run an excellent account, um, but it's not something. It's absolutely definitely hundred percent not something I'm doing. Don't 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 only don't fans look. Google my name. Okay. I, actually, you know what? I'm not going to make any comment because I'm just going to incriminate myself. Welcome to the show, everybody. See Sophery, <laughs> episode 214. I am Colin and he is only James. Only I am only James. <laughs> only James. Don't look him up. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Don't, don't Google that, though. <laughs> well, exactly. Thank you for listening. I appreciate everybody who has uh, stuck through Sea Parade through this pandemic and are still here on the other side yeah. with our actual weekly episodes. Uh, as if the other side of the pandemic is anywhere near. That's true. Well, have you listened to Boris? It's going to be November. Oh, yeah. Apparently it is near. It is, yeah. It's only it's fine. It's only four months away. I'm sure nothing can go wrong in that time. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we, we, we'll be all watching the football again. Yay. Yeah, exactly. The theatre will return. Yay. At 30% capacity. Oh, just like normal. 
Okay. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can at Seesaw Parade on Twitter, Seesaw Parade on Facebook, and Seesaw Parade at gmail.com. Please do let us know uh, what you think of anything we've we've saying, inappropriate or otherwise. And if you disagree or agree with anything, we would love to hear from you. So please do get in touch. Absolutely. Okay, James, so we uh, crack on with the show. I did mention Twitter. Let's start there. All right. What happened to Twitter, Colin? Okay, well, after that musical interlude, James, Twitter was hacked this week. Or rather, the accounts of several high-profile people were hacked Uh, this week. Yes. You may have seen this. This was the likes of... <laughs> the, the most obvious scam in the world. <laughs> right. Well, hold on. Let's let's just explain this first of all, because to me and right. you, this is right. incredibly obvious, but it's more the fact that they actually managed to do this. So here's the story. Yeah, right. yeah. Elon yeah. Musk, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, Kanye West, Joe Biden were all hacked. And the tweet that was sent out was, <laughs> everyone is asking me to give back. You send me $1,000. I send you back. $2,000. Now, I believe this was yeah, in Bitcoin. Yeah, or, words, or words to that effect. Yeah. And uh, the, the accounts were listed, and it does seem that several hundred people were actually brought in by this because... They were tomfooled. They were tweeted by verified accounts as opposed to screenshots of verified accounts, which are... Yeah, it was actual tweets. So, yeah, there was, like, a thread of legitimacy. Yeah, so people's phones who are you know, have notifications on for Obama or whoever saw these tweets from actual accounts. Yeah. And, as mentioned, some people did believe that this was a genuine tweet from several yeah. of the world's most popular people mm-hmm. and sent the money. Yeah. And now the money is gone. No, yeah, the money is now... Safely deposited into the hacker accounts right, so of whatever. Earlier in the week, Twitter said it was a, a coordinated attack which had targeted employees with access to internal systems and tools. And then yeah. this morning, on Saturday, it's come out that the perpetrators had essentially socially manipulated people who work at Twitter. Is that right, James? Yeah, Is that a good, a good way to describe it? It's modern hacking. It's the... It's the more effective way to do things these days as far as i'm aware maybe maybe i'm wrong here but social engineering is the new way to get into systems yeah um so instead of like sitting at a keyboard with your sunglasses on and just tapping real ferociously quick on your several windows of moving code um you're you're calling up people or you're going to meet people and you're putting them either into stressful environments that they haven't got the ability to deal with and therefore you can manipulate them or you're putting them into like a safe friendly environment where you can slowly worm your way into their circle of trust in this instance i believe it sounds like it was the latter the hackers and uh, like befriended the staff and somehow earned access to their to their tweet tools yeah which the big question for me isn't like how are people dumb enough to let hackers manipulate them we are all manipulatable it's really easy any one of us could fall for this stuff you think the question is oh definitely and this stuff is this stuff is just textbook if you aren't if you aren't like actually aware of the things that they're doing you're gonna fall for it okay um you can do this to get get access to other people's phone numbers and get access to their phone accounts really easy that's the that's one of the verified you can go watch a video of somebody doing that one Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, the question for me is, what on earth are Twitter doing with unprotected tools that let you tweet as anybody in the world? Yeah, that, that's a question I'll get to in a minute. So just in, in further developments, it's the New York Times, actually, who have posted that the social network became exposed after the hackers gained access to the credentials that had been shared on Slack, which is the internal messaging channel that Twitter used. Under the Slack channels, nice. Which, but then I'm thinking, why are they sharing usernames, passwords, email addresses, and phone numbers on Slack of these... Well, unencrypted, even within the company, yeah. Oh, exactly. No, it sounds like there's a lot of steps that they haven't taken to protect stuff here I, I would be surprised and i don't work at a social media company i don't work at any similar company but i would be shocked if there isn't standard practice to have these tools but to have them super heavily protected so that yeah. employees can't use them without the user's permission or without <laughs> like any sort of like triple verification from other people it's really weird that they just had to get into a slack channel wait for someone to dump a username and password and be like all right now we've made thousands yep so the the hackers attempted to access 130 accounts and got into 45 reset the passwords of 45 put out these tweets and twitter have confirmed a small number of staff had been successfully manipulated, as you, as you mentioned there, James. Right. The The issue now is, what else did they get? Mm. So the suggestion is they've downloaded direct messages. Oh, yeah. Uh, photos, conversations, all sorts of details, you know, accounts that they'd muted and blocked, which could all be, to the right price, something worth selling on to somebody. Yeah. I mean, it could, this, could, this could lead to like at least a little bit more drama for the world, but a little bit more of a revenue for the hackers. I mean, respect to them, they've earned that, but hopefully they're not going to cause any more trouble because I, I, like, I think there's this part in all of, our, all of our hearts where we're like, we kind of root for the hackers when they're, when they're doing things that take down the people in power in a way, or they show the people in power that, hey, you're still vulnerable, deal with it feel like the rest of us but i don't like these guys because they used the positions of those people of power to steal from regular yeah. manipulatable average people so, and it's a shame so part of me thinks yeah if they'd got into these accounts and maybe done something I, i'm not gonna say like anonymous but you know that idea well no if they just like posted it a tweet being like the establishment <laughs> is manipulating you well yes something something like that something like that yeah. okay fine Wake i would have been on your side but it, it's the fact that they have as you say manipulated people to get these systems in the first place and then used yeah. the accounts that they've hacked to manipulate other people yeah so if they so, like stole a grand from jeff bezos i wouldn't care yeah. but they used his account to steal a grand from somebody else yeah. even if it's like they did uh, voluntarily send it. This is still a form of, of of stealing. They they used manipulation methods to steal people's money. So is it is it fair to say that people who fell for this just weren't thinking clearly? Because you know, as soon as I saw these, it was clearly a scam. Well, clearly yeah. they've been hacked. Yeah, I, I think there's probably the two kinds of people who fell for this. There's the kind who have like hopelessly idolized the person whose account. Yeah they fell for so they will just believe anything that is said on that account uh, so we're talking about um, any opinions that are made they will adopt and in this case any any offer that is made they will assume is true and then there's probably also a few people who are in a position of life where they are just so desperate for good 
news or any chance to、yeah. earn a little money or to have a little hope to get food on the table that they saw this and they're like, they invested their tenner to try and get 20 back, right?、Um, there, there is steps that have made it less effective for, and it had to be done through Bitcoin. So, you know, you have to at least be able to. Uh, figure out how to do whatever steps to give the money.、Uh-huh. So it limited the exposure a wee bit.、Um, it's, it's, it's strange to me that anybody would fall for it though, because you see, I mean, it just depends the account. Maybe some of the accounts are under names that are m- more charitable. But you look at like Jeff Bezos in the first line, it's like, I want to give back to the community. And it's like, oh, that, this is fake. And, you, and then you、I、read、had. it and it's like, give me money and I will give you money. And you're like, well, Never do that ever. Yeah. You don't, you don't send money to strangers on the internet. Yeah. If a part of a job offer is like, hey, pay us a grand and we'll give you a job, don't do it. If a part of charity is, hey, give us money and we'll give you some more back, don't do it. It's the classic, what all the like、um, money raking churches do in America. They ask you for donations、yeah. so your life will get better. It's all that stuff. Just don't do it. And it's a shame that people are still doing it. And it's a shame that they did it this time. But it's not because they're stupid. It's just desperate situations and or celebrity、um, appeal gone wrong. Because celebrity appeal is a disease. It is. Okay, well, talking of celebrity appeal, Boris Johnson has. Ah, yes, a disease. <laughs> set out the plans he has for England to return to significant normality, or rather, a significant return to normality by. Christmas time. I mean, significant normality sounds pretty impressive, though. Sounds like a kind of album that I would be into. <laughs> yes. Okay, the Prime Minister said that under the new guidelines, people in England may use public transport immediately, and、ah, yeah. advice for employers will change at the start of August. Companies will now is that, have. Is that public transport with or without masks? Mandatory masks? I am unsure. I would imagine that the masks are in place for a little while. All right. But、uh, companies are going to have more discretion to bring staff back to workplaces if it's safe to do so.、Ah. And Mr. Johnson fin-、uh, finished by saying he was hoping for the best and planning for the worst. So, James, got your diary out November. <laughs> Let's、uh, get ready for the big post coronavirus celebration. Never, never say the day. How have we done this again? Never say the deadline that we've got to hold, hold on to our trousers for. Because then when it passes and we've failed, everyone's dropped their trousers. <laughs> well, exactly. And that is an excellent analogy. Because, because to me, it is far too early to say that things will be back to normal by November. I mean, just looking. Cases are, the people are still dying every single day. Yeah. In the UK, people are still being infected every single day. You have no idea what it's going to look like by November. And it's, it's、yeah. foolish to come、yeah. out with something like this. And I'm flabbergasted that the, that the Prime Minister has even had to do this or has even said this because he hasn't a clue. He's desperate. He's desperate for approval. He's not used to not having high levels of approval because he's used to being able to fluff off his hair and say a couple of funny words and get people to, but, ha- to have a big like for it. But、him. this is something that will come back to bite him when people say, hey, Boris, you said things will be back to normal by November, but look, we're in the middle of a second wave. They're getting away with every single lie. I think they're just going to keep lying and hoping they keep getting away with it at this point. They know that it could come back to hurt them. But they know that a lot of other things should have and haven't. So the lesson learned is hey, we can actually lie a lot more than we thought we could. As, as you mentioned in a previous episode, it's straight out, straight out of the Trumpian handbook of politics, which、yeah. is actually you can say and do whatever you want. 
yeah. you'll actually still be fine. Yeah, claim your triumph way before you've reached it, and then everybody... Because Trump's done this. He said coronavirus would be done by Easter, and then he said it would be done by summer, and his his people aren't getting fed up of him. So I, I, this just feels like exactly the same thing. November is going to come and go. We're going to be right in the middle of a second wave, and then it won't have any negative effect on the people who lied and the people who manipulated us to all be more secure than we than we actually are. There was a a statement, the statement he gave from the podium at Downing Street yesterday was fact-checked uh, by the BBC. And mm-hmm. as part of his speech, Boris said that they delivered over 30 billion items of PPE over the course of the pandemic. James, do you think that was true? Oh, that's the loosest the loosest truth ever if possible that would be down to like counting individual gloves and stuff to get to that number the government figures show only two billion items have actually been delivered not even like hold on this includes 1.4 billion gloves which are counted individually as opposed (laughs) to in pairs yeah it's not clear where the 30 billion number comes from but it could include what? future deliveries. What? Well, yeah, no. I also have delivered thirty billion. Then <laughs> I might do that do you someday. Know what? I've I've also posted over a thousand items in my life. Let's say two thousand because I'm yeah. not including the ones I'm going to do in future. It's mad. I, I. It's just. It's blatant lying. I was thinking that hey, maybe they're fudging the count. But to fu- you fudge the count, and you're getting what two billion? Yeah, two, like two point three. Not even like divided by ten. We're talking about more than a fact. What on earth? <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't understand it, but I do. He's just taking it from that Trump handbook of everything is the best and we are the best and look at all these big figures, even though they are completely made up. Well, that's what they've been doing. Yeah, our our coronavirus response is going to be world beating. Our, our coronavirus tracking app is going to be world beating. Our yep. virus, our um, our um, vaccine is going to be world beating. And like maybe we still have a, a touch of hope that maybe the vaccine will be, but we've opted out of the EU scheme to help us get vaccines just in case it isn't. Did you see there was another part of it in which he said, every week, NHS test and trace gets better. Do you think that was true? No. No, it wasn't. Because the proportion <laughs> of people reached and asked to self-isolate in England has been falling every week since the scheme yeah. was launched six weeks ago. I, there's nothing we've done that has been well done. And we can talk about Scotland and that group too. We haven't actually done things well. Like the UK wide is just slightly less bad than the US and right. Brazil and all those countries. Now Scotland's just slightly better than the average of the UK. But the, we're terrible. Yeah, no, I would agree. And this this is linking on to our next story, which is something we should have talked about a couple of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Which was that the polls showing that support for Scottish independence have risen consistently and are all now showing around 54% in favour of independence. You know what, 54%, I've been told that that is more than enough to to cause massive upheavals. It's the will of the people. At at this moment in time, it does appear to be the case that people would vote for independence. The interesting thing from my perspective is, as you say, James, Scotland has not handled this well compared to other similar sized countries i know it's difficult to make country to country comparisons however if you look at our number of across the board when you look at averages and stuff exactly and uh, deaths per head of population scotland has not done well two and a half thousand people have died 
And there are numerous ways in which the country could have stopped this. However, I believe that Nicola Sturgeon has handled it better than Boris, yeah. quite significantly, and that's reflected in their uh, their polling numbers. Sturgeon's up 60% and Boris is down something like 39 But also, I think the reason that independence has been boosted is because it has, actually hasn't been talked about. No one has been talking about it. We've just been seeing the difference of when one country's government is making devolved decisions compared to other countries and we're seeing that okay fine scotland's still not doing well but we're doing better than england and now people are saying well yeah maybe we could actually do this ourselves and we also have to keep in mind and i'm trying to keep in mind when i say this myself that a lot of the initial response scotland couldn't really do it much we didn't have devolved powers right um that have been given to us as a as an exceptional measure until they were and it was too late when they were um, quite a lot of the early decisions were made in lockstep with the rest of the UK because that was, for some reason, something that was important to do instead of like tackling things um, on a regional level. And that was a mistake on our part, but it was a mistake on the UK's part as well. We should have been more devolved and more divided in our responses. And all these things have made this bad. The big, big, big significant change in terms of what I think people are noticing is that Nicola, when she talks to the people, is far more communicative she says more that actually matters she's clearer um we've been we're being told what to do very clearly here in scotland we're getting told if you're entering a shop or a restaurant or anywhere a mask is mandatory in england it's like you wear a mask um uh, but and then if if you go to if you're going in and out of a place and you're just picking up a sandwich you don't you maybe don't have to because gove didn't right so here's the thing last week michael gove said that actually he didn't think that that masks were needed at all and then the next day it came out that boris was wearing a mask and saying actually yes we should wear a mask and then the next day the government said it would be mandatory in england and then it became yeah well mandatory unless you just don't want to unless he did what gove did because he the f- one day said Ugh. like a, a week ago he was saying it's not it's not necessary and then a week later he's saying it's like it's just the right thing to do <laughs> it's common human decency or whatever and then the next day he's picking up a picking up his lunch without a mask and it got it, somebody got a picture of it so therefore the entire government legislation changed yep. just to make it so that they didn't make a mistake so now they're sacrificing more English specifically lives because they don't want to admit that Gove should have been wearing a mask when he was picking up his sandwich. So now in England you can pick up a sandwich if you're not wearing a mask, but you can't stay in and eat the sandwich without the mask. And it's like we're in Scotland, we just put them on, and people aren't really doing it very well. And no, 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 I would would disagree with that. I'd having seen the shop certainly where I live, I'd say it's ninety nine percent. Oh, it's more than it was. Yeah, it's far more than it was. I'm very proud of the big change because we weren't doing a good job. Um, but the fact that Nicola was wearing the masks on like press releases and on TV weeks ago has helped. Boris has only recently done it. I don't think Starmer's wore a mask at all, the weakling. I haven't seen him, and maybe he has been. But in all the press release pictures I've seen of Starmer, no mask, even when he's surrounded by people. What a fool. Anyway... We've just done slightly better at the the response in communication rather than in, in much change in legislation. We've we've done some things a bit later that were good. We've done some things a bit earlier that were good. But I think the thing that's most that's most changed the polls is the fact that Nicola has been able to talk like an adult and tell us what to do. 
That was long. I I just took a long time to say that three times. I I think I've been watching too much Jordan B. Peterson because I took took two hours to say what 10 seconds could have said. (laughs) So James, the US has recorded a new, new record high for Uh, coronavirus cases. It's just always going up. It's horrible. I'm pretty sure this is the third episode in a row in which we've reached a new high. Yeah. This one of 77,255. This was on Thursday. Yeah. And that's expected to still continue to rise as states, to varying degrees, fight against wearing masks. Yeah. Americans seem to be far more against that than certainly Brits. And I I know we've talked about that in the past. And, and why? Well, yeah, and the Brits are more against it than, like, Europe. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, like, and we're all way behind Asia. Yeah. Anyway, in the States, the death tolls in the likes of Texas and Florida are continuing to rise, despite the fact that in Florida they have essentially pushed back against any sort of mandatory face covering wearing. Yeah. And... The White House have thrown Dr. Anthony Fauci under the bus for this, digging up comments that he made in January and February Mm -hmm. before you could say, I'm saying those are their quotes, before you really knew what the virus was, and they're using this to discredit him. And uh, Mr. Fauci, who is now, after a month in the, the sidelines, has been brought back to do some press. He's reacted to the fact that the White House have been essentially chucking him under the bus by saying, it's totally bizarre. And I agree. It is bizarre, yeah. James, why do you think, first of all, before we talk about the the, the number of cases and the fact they're still rising, why do you think they're, they're doing this? Because he has been their guy for the whole pandemic. Well, it's so that they have the uh, the little goat to chuck to the T-Rex, right? Um, they have been going anti-mask for a while because they thought it was insignificant. Because some of the science was saying it was insignificant, that it wouldn't make a major change. Yeah, The science shifted. And we all got told, hey, actually, it is significant. That still is a bit annoying. It's upsetting that we were told the former when we probably should have been told just for the safety's sake, the latter um, all along. Um, And then the US and the leaders still stuck with the previous science. They're still like, oh, the science used to tell us this. We're going to stick with that. Um, Even... Even the doc himself was had had aligned with that stance because we didn't have a clue how Corona spread. So now that they're way too late to the party of realizing that it is super significant, mask wearing is super significant. They need to throw somebody under the bus. So it's got to be it's got to be the doc, and they can get rid of him, and they can have him stop saying slightly embarrassing things for them, like "Hey, we better do a better job than this." Yep. <laughs> It's, it's just simple. It's the same old. They're not going to take the blame themselves. They're going to try and throw blame here and there and everywhere. They're blocking the uh, CDC from um, giving any counsel on whether or not they should open up schools and stuff. That's just evil. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. The administration is making the strangest decisions. And the, this, like, bringing up something that Fauci said ages ago before we had the proper science on the, on the virus spreading is just another symptom of their horrendous a way of leading. So as you as you mentioned there, Trump has threatened to pool funding for schools unless they open in the autumn, despite the fact the US is still head and shoulders above everybody else when it comes to the numbers of coronavirus cases across the entire country. 
Yep, so sacrifice the teachers, sacrifice the families that live all in one home with multi-generational people who turn out to be poor and unable to really avoid um, each other in general. You know, just sacrifice everybody necessary to keep the economy trickling because if the kids are in school, people can work again and therefore it's good. Yep. There's this idea in people's minds and, you know, I don't, I don't want to make fun of them too hard, but they really aren't thinking very much of like kids can't carry the virus or something, or maybe like kids can't spread the virus or something. When in reality, it's kids are less likely to to die from the virus, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But if you think that putting kids in school is not going to immediately infect every single one of them because kids are the stupidest while also the hilariousest things alive... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's terrible. You know, the kids are just going to be like licking each other's faces because haha coronavirus, right? And then the teachers are going to get it, and then the families of all those kids are going to get it. And for the poor folks who don't have the inherited income required to buy a house for each generation, who all live in one home because they don't have money, are going to just die. They're all going to get it from their kids, and they're all just going to die. And it's and it sucks. And it's just another terrible way that the U.S. is treating its schools because the way they fund their schools already doesn't make sense. Schools is school funding is based on like the property rent, not property rent, property tax, or something along those lines. For the more affluent places with the richer houses, or get their schools get more money just because they're in a richer place. So they're we just have further inequality by doing that nothing makes sense in the u.s but sure just chuck all the kids back in there spread the virus more efficiently i can't believe it's happening well on the election trail this week trump tweeted that only one presidential candidate is getting lots of people to sail boats on his behalf wait Did you see this school's point school's point we'll come right back okay you've got a wealthy school full of wealthy people it doesn't open, it loses funding. You've got a poor school full of poor people. It doesn't open, it loses funding. Which school collapses and and which which district loses education for generations? It's the, it's the poor one, it's the deprived one. Yeah, because if the rich one closes and loses funding, all the rich people just donate money to it like they already do. <laughs> yeah. So poor people lose again. This is a wealth issue. This is a class issue. The U.S., disgusts me okay well the trump pence campaign sent out an email earlier this week saying no boat parades enthusiasm for joe biden is sinking this was the (laughs) the whole crux of the press release which is that supporters of trump are putting on boat parades in his honor and joe biden hasn't had any (laughs) what earth is a boat so therefore that that means if you've had boat parades therefore you're better you've had more election prowess i've heard of all kinds of parades but this one's blowing my mind that boat parades are an indicator of campaign success that's that's maybe what we should have named the show Boat parade. No, that's re. That's rebrand. Okay. We, we we could be presidents. <laughs> uh, we could. I mean, for for me, it's this is an indication of what the campaign is is now looking for because their numbers are He's so bad. Desperate. Yeah. <laughs> I've had more like people shooting guns in the air and shouting my name than than he has. <laughs> Therefore, I am better. Okay. Anyway, let's move on to other stories which are happening in the world right now. Uh, James, this is one which has gone under the radar. It's that Israel has been blowing up military targets in Iran, hoping to, according to Reuters, force a confrontation. Yeah. Give me some more info here. 
Well, yeah, so info's light because this is intelligence that's kind of like toned down. It's it's sources that haven't been named. It's people that were f- that are f- like formally tied to Israel, speculating a wee bit. But there's been a lot of or a suspiciously consistent amount of accidents in Iranian like weapons facilities, nuclear facilities, and all sorts of strategical things that matter. Um, while also Israel are saying things like, the things that we do in Iran should not be spoken of. Um, so we're just basically, the, the assumption is that Israel really does want this war to kick off properly. They want Iran to be perceived as the aggressor. So they're doing all this covert stuff to blow up important things, which to be fair, they're, they're, they're trying to slow down Iran's nuclear development. So, you know, I understand they're targeting, at least. I understand what they're trying to do there. Yeah. Um, but they're hoping that Iran has lost its patience because, you know, they had somebody assassinated. They didn't start a war. We thought they would. They had all sorts. They did blow up a plane. So don't do that again. They've admitted to it, at least at this point. They've said it was their fault. Um, yeah. Um, but Israel is thinking, hey, Trump still exists. We've still got the US backing. If we start a war now, it will be okay. We probably can't if Trump loses the election. Precisely, yeah. Um, so that, that's that's the, the indication I get here is that if they want something to happen and know they can get yeah. away with it, now's the time. Yeah, so they're upping the aggression now. And if Iran can remain patient until Trump's gone, they probably will go back to their formerly less aggressive, less direct tactics. But uh, if you read the reports that are being written about this, it seems like the EU knows what's going on. The intelligence circles know what's going on. This is all by the books. It's, they've, they've literally named the plays. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully Iran can, as an as a, as a established like leadership, just keep their cool, not start any unnecessary wars because those powers are scary. Okay. These countries, they have, they have far more power than we think they do. And it could lead to a lot of harm if anything kicks off and i'm talking about internally and those populations they deserve peace okay taking a a hard right turn here into the story that a group of 83 of the world's richest people have called on the governments of the world to permanently increase taxes on them Uh and other members of the wealthy elites to help pay for the economic recovery after the pandemic so this is the likes of uh, ben and Jerry's ice cream co-founder. It's the Yay. Disney heir who have uh, oh the 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 one that they don't like because she's outspoken about Abigail. how bad Disney is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. James, what do you think about this? I mean, there's a few other big names on there. New Zealand's second richest man, for example. Yeah. Uh, British screenwriter yeah. Richard Curtis. Yeah, screenwriter. So you know the levels of rich that we're talking about. Okay. This this to me is virtue signaling at its best. Well. It depends because you've got names in that list like the Ben and Jerry's lad, like like Abigail, um, who have a history of being in support of higher wealth tax. Okay, these are people that were when Warren was getting lambasted for wanting to tax the rich, they came out and they said, "No, it makes sense." You know, the list has names on it that are legitimately people who think that taxing the rich is a good thing. There's probably some people on the list who are saying, hey, tax the rich so that people will like them. But they know that no government is ever actually going to do it because why would you want to tax your friends? Um, taxing the wealth is obviously a legitimate thing. There's there's 
endless studies that that works better than taxing the poor. Um, so it's not a hard thing to get behind. The, the sad thing for me is how small the list is. As much as being wealthy is rare, 80, 83 people having a wealth of like 30 million or more isn't too big of a list. We need more people on that list. If, we need yeah. bigger names on that if, list. If it was hundreds or dare I yeah. say into the thousands, then maybe I would give yeah. the story more credibility. Yeah, or if it was like, hey, instead of like, because we got people on the on the list that have 30 million, which is a, a lot of money, probably more than I'll ever see. Um, <laughs> probably. But if it was more like 300 million or if it was a 3 billion, I'd be really impressed that they're the people wanting to get taxed because the difference between like a million and a billion is a lot. The difference between 30 million and 30 billion is, is, is in, you can't comprehend. Yep. I, I like it's just beyond imagining the differences between wealth. So as good as it is to see some people of wealth saying, actually, yes, we can afford to be taxed more for the good of the world. And so that we don't have poverty everywhere for a wee while. Great. I'm glad they're saying it. Is it going to be effective? No. Are any of our current right-wing governments going to change it? No. Because all they've done during coronavirus is see wealth go to their to their friends already. The US's richest are still getting richer even as the unemployment rates are sky high and people are poorer than ever. Same in the UK. The, the wealthy folks are surviving this. And there's one or two cases where you're like, oh, wow, look, that rich person isn't doing so well for a couple of months, but they're surviving it. They can be taxed. The poor cannot. The poor are already running out. Okay, James, one final story before we move on to the world of entertainment. And in entertaining news, Airbnb had asked people of the world to give money yep. to their hosts. They rolled out yeah, a yeah. new tool that encouraged you and I to send <laughs> kindness cards and yes. cash donations mm-hmm. to their former hosts impacted by COVID-19. James, what was the reaction to this? What is your reaction to this? Oh, well, the reaction to this was ridicule, and my reaction to this is ridicule. Yeah. What Airbnb have done here is the opposite to the story we just talked about. Airbnb have gone, oh, wow, we've got lots of rich people that bought a bunch of houses to try and take advantage of this short-term rental industry. And now they're not getting that anymore. We should help our rich people that are on our platform so that our platform survives. Let's ask the poor users. <laughs> so they're asking the poor users to save the entire platform and get nothing in return. Yeah. And it's just, it's embarrassing. If you're somebody who bought 25 houses to try and take advantage of the tourism industry in your town and you weren't prepared for like a year's worth of no tourists, it's your fault. Sell the houses. They are still something you can sell. What's the statistic of the number of people on Airbnb who have multiple properties? I know it's it something like astronomical. Thirty percent of the listings on Airbnb are um, under super users, people who have more than twenty-five properties, or something <laughs> like that. That's ridiculous. So they're they're talking about trying to save those people, and yes, Airbnb will tank if all those people lose their their properties that they're using. Um, but in general, across the world, Airbnb isn't popular because it just lowers um, the value of property or it, or it raises the value of property. Nothing stays consistent. Yeah. Uh, so rents get weird, and so and property values go up. That's it. Rents go rents go hard to to find, and property values go up, and it ruins um, tourism 
businesses here and there and everywhere. So Airbnb already aren't popular. Airbnb are asking us to save it because their super users invested too much money and they're now regretting it a wee bit. Get out. Tell the users to sell their houses under value because they can do that. If they're if they're suffering under the mortgages, sell the places. Back to the bank if you need to. Yeah, that's just how mortgages work. James, you've you've brought to my attention we've missed one story. The Russia yeah. report. This has been back in the headlines. Yeah. With I believe a well, some highly outspoken members of Labour and SNP saying, Hey, we really need to publish this report. So yeah, we're getting it though. We are but when? In the next within the next two weeks, apparently. Do you believe that? Yes. So what here's the I'm gonna try and make this story short. Okay, go for it. We've been told ever since Boris Johnson came into power that to get the report published we needed this this security committee of some sort or another to be reconvened and it needed a chair and they just didn't convene it they never convened the committee that could publish a report even though they could publish the report themselves that's fine um so they tried really they tried to like play the game a wee bit and number 10 put forward uh generic a catastrophe who has two legs um (laughs) as their supposed chair they wanted an inside man as the chair of the committee. They've got the political power to just nominate somebody in a in a non-democratic um, system because they just say, hey, everybody, vote for this guy, and everybody votes for him. Um, so he was looking like he was going to be the surefire person in charge, and we were all just like, we're never going to see the report. And then one of the Tories rebelled. I can't remember his name. Lewis, I, maybe. I do. It was Julian Lewis, who's a, Julian Lewis. a Tory MP. He has been since 1997. And he put himself forward against the wishes of Downing Street, which had yeah. actually which wanted Chris Grayling to get the job. Oh, Grayling, not Jenrick. Jenrick's the corrupt one. Grayling's the... <laughs> Grayling's the incompetent one who, who tanks every job he's offered. He's incompetent, yeah. So, so Grayling didn't get it. Julian Lewis was voted in. And so yeah. immediately, the Conservative uh, Party expelled him. Yeah, no, they've they've removed the whip from him and expelled him because he rebelled and therefore they've cut all ties of him and it means that they don't have any power over him, which means that he can actually publish a report, which he said he wants yeah. to do, which the commission which the committee have said they want to do, because all they needed was one Tory rebel. It turned out that Labour and the to- like the opposition and that one rebel had enough power to get him in place to do his thing. Get rid of the corrupt ones. Just on this point, I know this is politics, but is this really how we deal with people who actually want to get truth and justice out there? We just expel them from a party? I know. Somebody who used legitimate strategies to to do a thing exactly. um, gets expelled. It's, 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 it's the usual. People are calling it embarrassing. There's actual former MPs and former committee members who are calling it an embarrassing move to remove the whip from him. It's just vindictive. It's just showing that if you go against the Boris, that you will get whacked. Um... And it, and it sucks, but it also means that he's not in the party. He doesn't have the whip. They can't really do anything else to him. So if he publishes a report, nothing's going to come back on him. So the only real ways to avoid this is to try and, like, delete the committee, which maybe they can do. Maybe Dominic Cummings can actually do that. Um, they, maybe they can, like, prorogue everybody again and take an early recess, get us through to the summer recess, and then figure out how to sabotage it over the course of the summer. But they really do not want this to report out. And we should be seeing the report soon. And I am still feeling the embarrassment of getting the name wrong because the Tories are all the same at this point. And I, 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 all of them are corrupt and all of them are incompetent. But this one rebel has shown some strength and it has made me feel a wee bit proud. Well done, lad. 
but he's not a Tory anymore. Well done, Julian. <laughs> so that no, that's huge. Like we could actually be seeing the report, and the, and it, it could be big because why would you be trying to hide it so hard if it didn't have some huge significant thing? I guess I just don't want to hype it up too much so that we're like, yeah, it's coming. Here we go. It's going to be massive, and it turns out to be nothing. Yeah, and then it's like the Mueller report, and it's just like, oh, although okay. I am, I am hopeful, and like the Mueller report was also huge, but it's just nothing could be done because they had the power anyway. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't like now's if they wanted to release it when it was bad. Now is the time. Everything sucks already, but time's going to pass and we're all going to forget about it. It's it's the fact that they're trying to hide it, even though now is the best time to release it. Unless they just want to wait till Brexit's done. No deal Brexit's through the window. Yay. We can release the report now. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully we have it next week or the week after that. Before recess is the, is the deadline. Sorry, I got the names wrong. It's the morning for me. It's okay. Still, I'm still in the morning. Okay, James, have you watched or finished anything this week? No. Ah, oh, no. Okay, I have. <laughs> All right, what have you been watching? So I have watched a comedy show and also the latest in my Marvel watch along. What would you like to hear first? Uh, let's go for Marvel. Okay, so Marvel, this week is Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah. 2014, directed by James Gunn, who then went on to do the second Guardians and is now on to The Suicide Squad. Ah, yeah, yeah, The Suicide Squad and The Third Guardians. Yes, indeed. So Guardians of the Galaxy, as you will recall, has the likes of Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Karen Gillan, Benicio Del Toro, John C. Riley, Glenn Close, Lee Pace, and of course the first appearance of Josh Brolin as Thanos. This mm-hmm. cast, by the way, is incredible. Huge cast. Like, good scoop. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Brilliant cast. Anyway, it takes the, the movie takes about six minutes for it to really hit its stride. And that's, and that's literal because Star-Lord, if you recall in the opening scene, he dances through a cave whilst listening to... I would say that's it hitting its stride. Well, that's why. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, as he dances to some 1980s track, and you immediately know by that point what kind of comic book movie it, it's going to be. Yeah, we know the feel at that point for sure. The, the best. It's got the best soundtrack of any Marvel movie to this point. Visuals are brilliant. The plot is solid enough with the orb slash MacGuffin. It's solid. And yeah. There are some some light comedic touches. There's more hits than misses. A couple of laugh out loud moments, and uh, it's well acted. Brilliant cast, as as said. There's a couple of things I'm I'm going to add though. Oh, this film when it came out was a massive risk for Marvel mm-hmm. because everything prior to this had been I'm using air quotes here grounded. It was set in places where people were familiar with the characters. So they yeah. knew... And semi-established characters. Exactly. They knew of Iron Man and, and Thor and Odin. And even if it was mythological at that point, they knew who these people were. The Hulk, uh, all of that stuff. So going into space and just giving us all these characters for the, for the first time was a big risk. But my goodness, it does work really, really well. It really works. It's, it is very enjoyable. There are some points I'm going to deduct... But one of them is is deducting points from future movies, and that is about Drax, the character played by Dave yeah, Bautista. Yeah, Drax is so good in this film. Right. So in this movie, he is at his best. And the reason is, he's not a total idiot, yeah. as he is portrayed in any future Marvel films. Yeah. The, the, the humor that he... 
that the lines he gives are it's it's nuanced humor it's not just oh this guy's it is yeah, it's clever yeah oh i don't understand that basic word it's yeah it's i don't understand this metaphor or something like yeah that. he just he fails to pick up on, on metaphors and turns of phrases and it's funny yeah and it's well and it's well written and his character has that nuance whereas and he's also a bit more softly spoken in this movie softly as opposed to the other ones where he is just 100% 11 out of 10 all the time. Yeah, he, he's he's got he's got these shifts in character and even when he is fighting he's not just this rage beast. I miss him so much. Okay. I actually miss I think I miss all the characters from the first Guardian because all of them got perverted in the latter ones. Well, and, I and would the latter say films. I would say the other ones to a much lesser extent. Rax is definitely Groot got wrecked. Okay. We'll we'll get to that, but certainly in terms of the the biggest characters and their biggest character shifts Drax is the most obvious one. Put it that way. Biggest that's the biggest shift and it's such a right. shame and it shows the lack of ability to keep someone interesting. We, I think we talked about this when we were watching other films in the past, yeah. We did. Okay, anyway, two, two, final, uh, two final points on this. The villain, Ronan the Accuser, Lee Pace, my goodness, he does give it everything. He does try very hard. He does. His, he does. His character has political slash fanatical motivations that do make sense, but he is still... Just like every, or the majority of every villain in Marvel, he's just a skin-deep 2D sketch yeah. of a baddie. He's uh, just angry, evil, bad guy. Angry, yeah, but he has he has reasons and, and motivations yeah, that we understand. It's slightly more grounded. But yeah. it's still, it's just still not there. Yeah. So even little things like establishing he's evil because he killed someone within the opening 60 seconds that he's on screen. Standard, and yeah. And the, the, the final act is classic marvel it's just a big old sky battle with something giant crashing yeah, to the ground CG which is which is basically the fight. same thing that happened at the end of the last movie which was winter soldier yep so yep and, and also just in this point a uh, uh, nitpick ronin doesn't kill any of the guardians despite the fact he has the infinity stone in his giant hammer he just scushes them backwards he doesn't incinerate them he just goes yeah Oof. And they go flying backwards. Like, he's got the Infinity Stone. He can just, like, wipe them all out. Yeah, they, they really did give everybody a bit of plot armor in the <laughs> fight when he actually had the Infinity Stone. And it's a shame. They could have shown it to be, like, huge, big, powerful. But, you know, then you're sacrificing a character. So, uh, a hard call to make. And at the end, I don't think that the dance, dance off to save the universe really works. But Well, it's a scheme. It's a scheme. Well, exactly. I know, I know, I know. And it does get them all to hold hands and share the power, as had been mentioned by Benicio Del Toro's character in the, uh, the earlier stages of the movie. Yeah. Plus, you get the whole, take my hand, Peter, which is the nice throwback to the opening scene with his dying mom. So, you know, I'll give that a pass. And also, Yondu, who is played by Michael Rooker from The Walking Dead, he's a little hard done by in this story quite like hawkeye like he just doesn't really get much to do other than yeah. run around chase after peter quill but he does get his his arc in the next movie so i will yeah, i does, will forgive yeah. that you get a pass on that so all in all i do really like this movie it's it is one of marvel's best efforts and yeah oh it's it's one of the better ones by thoroughly far. recommend it yeah and they had good characters and i am going to stick with it they butchered every single one of them <laughs> Um, two varying degrees in the next, I would, I would in the say next they, installments. They butchered most of them, but the likes of Nebula actually became more of a character in, the f oh, yeah, in future yeah. films. I'm talking about the Guardians in this film. Nebula's not one of the Guardians yet. 
um, right, she became enough. she became a good character, and like Yondu became a good character. Right. Whereas all the Guardians, they got super good story in this, and then it all got completely forgotten about and removed in the next ones, and they all just became caricatures of themselves. Well, the sequel is actually the next one in terms of the timeline, so I will be reviewing that next week. Anyway, oh excellent. Other things I saw this week was Dave Chappelle ah. and his show. 846 it is on youtube ah, i've not seen it it's on youtube it's about 25 minutes long it is very much a work in progress show and it's done maybe filmed i want to say a month ago maybe six weeks ago yeah well it was pretty recent so it was one of the first outdoor shows what it is and i the thing is i enjoyed it but it isn't really a comedy show it's more just well, it's not it's it's a thoughts it is so I think perhaps I was going into it with the wrong state of mind. The number 846, the, the title of the show, yeah, is yeah. how long George Floyd was under the knee of that police officer for. Yep. And yep. it's also, as Dave Chappelle explains, the time in which he was born. 846. Oh, right. And yeah. so, and there is a number of these um, kind of themes mentioned in the show. Right. I would recommend it. It's, it is... You know, and enjoy. I don't want to say enjoyable, but you know, I, I I was glad I watched it. Yeah, because he explains a lot of how he feels about it and why you know certain people were criticizing celebrities for not saying anything or not speaking out after George Floyd. He explains why that was. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not your average Dave Chappelle routine. He is working from a notebook some of the time. Yeah. But it is worth watching. Yeah. No, I'm sure he says some good stuff, and that sounds like an interesting point this idea that celeb like we do we do need we need to give people space to say what they want when they want people have this expectation that celebrities need to provide a yeah. voice for a thing otherwise they clearly don't care about it or something like that everybody's got limited energy everybody's got limited time everybody's got limited capability to talk about difficult things never judge someone for um a lack of an uh, a twitter post you know check what else they're doing maybe they're supporting an entire family through the ordeal indeed you know um i, I do think and i haven't seen this but i'm gonna ask i think this is the one in which he dunks candace owens a wee bit yes and i think dunking on candace owens is something that's really important to do at all times <laughs> okay. um so i'm glad that he did that Okay, James, two trailers before we wrap up. The first one is for the new season of The Boys, which is superheroes but rated 18 on yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Let's have a listen. We are famous now. Don't you worry. Daddy's home. I know we've been through some shit together. So what's your big plan? You'll love it. I won't love it. I never love it. No, it. Punch, punch, explosion, explosion, punch, <laughs> punch, okay. drinking breast milk out of a bottle. <laughs> James, uh, yeah, that was an excellent summary of the trailer. Let's just start by saying that both you and I watched season one, and I believe both of us enjoyed it. You're very pleasantly surprised, yeah. Yeah, what did we think of the trailer? The trailer looks like it's going to be the same show, but season two. <laughs> but more episodes. Yeah, more of the same. Yeah. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I, I, I will give the trailer pass marks in that it doesn't really give away too much of the plot. I mean, obviously- I've you've got, got no to, idea what's going on. Obviously, you've got to start with uh, Billy the Butcher is is a wanted man because that's where they left off. Mm -hmm. um, but as for the rest of the season, I've no idea. I'm sure they will introduce lots of new characters. I believe there's some sort of Nazi skinhead villain 
who's going to team up with the Seven. So that should be yep. interesting. No, it looks like they could do some cool stories of this. Um, they're they're going for 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 everybody's. Um, so everyone can be on the same page here. They're going off book again. This is inspired by the comic, okay. and not actually the comic story, because um, the comic stories are are, are far more trash, um, <laughs> even if they had a good idea. Just, just, that's just accepted across the board, right? Um, so they could do some really interesting things. Again, they were poking fun at the superhero genre, but we're also poking fun at like politics, or poking fun at the people in power, or poking fun at all sorts of important things. Um, but it's just hyper-violent ways of doing it. The humor looked okay, not obnoxious, until there was this big obnoxious, not funny part at the end um, of the trailer. So, you know, there could be some, there could be some duds again. Even There was some dud, dud moments in yeah. season one. There could be some complete dud moments in uh, season two, but I'm interested to see where they go with this. I'm excited to watch it. There were some moments in this trailer which I had to stop and... Like pause it to see if I could figure out what was going on, right, but then yeah. I but then I realized I was kind of spoiling it for myself. I was a- attempting to Don't figure out. Don't think about it too much. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, that I did enjoy that. So if you are into the boys, <laughs> didn't quite come out right. <laughs> if you like the boys, if you like the boys, <laughs> then then check it out. Okay. Second trailer, James. Final trailer for the week. This is Project Power. This is a new Netflix movie starring Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Are we Levitt. sure it's not project? Are we sure it's not project power? Like, <laughs> use your powers. It might. It might be. But let's go yeah. for let's go for project power then. So here's a, a clip of project power. You don't know who I am and what I'm about, but I'll do anything to find that source. Listen to my voice. My line? Welcome to Project Power. Our goal is simple. The next evolution of the human species. You ever taken one of those before? It can make you strong. Make you invisible. You never know what your power is until you try it. Okay, James, uh, thoughts on this? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm it, absolutely not. Uh, it looks like it's, it's exactly what you'd expect, you know? Here's superheroes... Your power is gritty, 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 super power, gun, gun, per person on fire. I, I reckon it, it's probably entertaining. I don't think it's going to be good. So to me, this this fails every single test of what a trailer is because I feel like I've now watched this movie. <laughs> seen the film for sure. You've, yeah, I've, I've seen it. First of all, you've given away Joseph Gordon-Levitt's superpower in the opening 90 seconds of this trailer. Yeah. And also, if you just explain what happens, there are people who are taking pills and Jamie Foxx is out to stop them and find out where they all are. And then there's going to be a big shootout at the end and Jamie Foxx is going to win and save his, his pal. His daughter, his friend, who who made the pills, who made the drugs. Yeah. Um. Like I get, I I like this concept. I like this idea that there's a drug trade in superpowers. That's a cool hook for us to watch a show. Yeah. I, I feel like the show just looks weak, though. It doesn't look like it's filmed in an interesting way. It's just like everything is kind of dark and orange, um, and there's guns in front of the camera. Um, it doesn't look like this story is going to be interesting. It's just, oh, here's two people that have to team up with their slightly conflicting but similar motivations to take down this crime ring and watch them use their superpowers against people who have superpowers. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm sure, like, I am 100% sure it will be an entertaining thing to watch 
just probably nothing memorable. <laughs> okay, good summary to finish up. James, thank you very much for joining me. I am now going to take a week off. Yeah. Well, and I will right, see yeah. you at some point next week. Yeah, we'll figure out a recording time. Yeah. Uh, In between all my to-do list and cleaning a flat and moving out. Exactly. It'll be great. All the best. Okay, James, have a good Enjoy one. Enjoy your holiday. I will. Thank you very much. I will see you next week. All right. Thanks, everybody, for stopping by. <laughs> Stay classy. <laughs> Stay classy. <laughs> Stay classy. I'm Roman Bucket. <laughs>